This is Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's his Hey there, fellow zoners and ponderers of the paranormal. You are in the Paranomaly Zone, your weekly dose of all things, you guessed it, paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, the boisterous and brittle Mike Carbno. Um, Mike just rolled his eyes at me. He didn't like that intro. No, that was fine. That was fine. Are you sure? Yeah, I didn't hurt yeah. your feelings. <laughs> oh no, not at not at all. Although I am quite sensitive, more yeah, that's the thing. Usual, that's but. the thing. I, yeah, it's um, as we mentioned last week when I jokingly text you, at least you have your health. I mean, it, it yeah. was a good joke, but not that day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was after what was that after I was thrown down the stairs? Yes, it was. Yep, and yeah. Mike just had another uh, collision with a a dog, and he, <laughs> yeah, my other dog, man. I mean, Mike is an animal lover, but I'm not sure they love you back. Oh, they love me. It's just, it's rough love, tough love. Oh <laughs> Thank you for changing it to tough love. Rough love sounded a little, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. No, I don't like that. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but it is but good anyway, to see yes. you, Mike. It is Sunday. It is another uh, Sunday recording excursion. Um, it's we were, Sunday, huh? I, I can't keep is. track of days anymore. Yeah, we were going to record last night, but you got kind of hung up, and so oh, you're yeah. here on it Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it was a lot a of cemeteries with <clears throat> with no uh no time to record anything. Yeah, yeah, whole Memorial Day weekend thing. You're keeping me posted and updated and I could mm-hmm. just tell by you. <laughs> I could almost feel the frustration like yeah. exuding from the words on your texts. Yeah. It was growing, but <laughs> It was growing. Well, it was uh, it was good. So we decided to postpone until today and here we are. It's a it's another beautiful day here. And um, I want to share a brief story or two, Mike, before we dive into our return to Bigfoot Encounters. Um, we love this subseries. It's a great, great uh, topic. We've done two of them, and it's been way too damn long, Mike. I was looking back at our episodes. It's been four months since, since really? we've done a Bigfoot Encounters episode. Well, and Bigfoot is like, it's like a staple. Oh, my gosh. For us. Yeah, four months. Uh, we covered. Uh, the Ron Moorhead Sierra Sounds um, mm-hmm. subject, and then we covered the Patterson Gimlin encounter, obviously. And we're back today. We're going to be covering uh, a pretty well-known incident, well, series of incidents dating back to late 1970s in Ohio. Um, yeah, the Minerva Monster incidents. This is going to be pretty interesting. You know, you got to throw on that monster. 
name to uh, that monster word to make it catchy and make it. Well, especially uh, when the first word is Minerva. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that's that's just very tame, very old lady like. Well, it, I'm not saying anything <laughs> bad about people that have the name of Minerva. Thank you for clarifying because that. Because it's a it's a very good old classic. Well, name. Well, uh, like you say, it could be just as mundane as say the Michael monster. You know, so <laughs> you know it could be just as mundane as the Carbno incidents. You know, it's yeah. it, it could be anything. So that's very true. But it'll be good. Um, I wanted to share a couple brief stories though. One of them is is kind of related to uh, Bigfoot sightings and Bigfoot encounters. Uh, yesterday, Bridget and I uh, headed up to town. It was about eleven in the morning. We were going to go. Um, Hit up some sales, uh, where I did find Mike a very nice souvenir, by the way. And I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll I was share excited that. when you uh, sent me a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, we'll talk about that briefly. But uh, just you know, we pulled out of our um, out of our road here. Beach Haven Road is what we live on, and just right down the corner, Mike, right down off of the intersection of County Road Six and Eighty Seven. Um, Bridget was driving and I was sitting in the passenger seat and I'm just kind of taking in the scenery. I look to my right, like, holy shit, there's a bear. <laughs> so <laughs> there's like, a bear over there. There's a bear over there. We're like, whoa. I mean, it's not a common sighting at all, Mike, to spot a bear. I mean, yeah, we're in heavily wooded areas. Yeah. We know bears exist. Um, I, th- I think the eight years or so or whatever that I lived there, I think I saw a bear twice. Twice, yeah. And I had to be way out driving in places where... Oh, know. that's the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're close to a lake here. You know, again, lots of woods. Um, you know, it was kind of... It had to have been a wandering, fairly nomadic bear. Um, yeah. We didn't see any cubs nearby. We assumed it was a male. But it was really cool, and it's always exciting to see something like that. We got a couple pictures. and just Yeah, that was a cool picture you sent me. That would... Kind of good looking bear. It was absolutely healthy black bear. Or, nope. Yeah. He looked pretty fairly rotund, you know. It yeah. was it was a good sized bear. Probably 200, 300 pounds, I would guess, you know. Oh yeah. Um but it was really cool. It's exciting and it's a rarity, and it made me think and compare a bit such rare sightings of a common, well known, large animal. Proven to exist. <laughs> I don't think there's any debate out there that bears no. exist. Compare it to the even more rare Bigfoot slash Sasquatch sightings. Like, Mike, you said you lived here for eight years and you had to go for long-ass drives to maybe yeah. even spot a bear. Although although the first summer that I lived there, there was that bear that went through the alley in town. Whoa, that's, I think I remember that now. Yeah. 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 And I was sitting out, this was like two o'clock in the morning. I was sitting out with a fire going in the driveway in a fire pit thing. And I could hear it. could hear something going through the alley. I couldn't see it. There's a van, uh, my minivan was between it, me and the alley. But you could hear like these crunching footsteps in the gravelly dirt, whatever. And then I looked down the alley and I could see this very large dark black like a shadow um kind of lumbering off the road into a backyard and the next yeah. day there were some serious bear tracks through that alley hell yeah 
So they do come into town once in a while, but the rarity of that is is huge. Well, look at Bigfoot. They, they they've come into where houses are and looking in windows and stuff. Uh, well, so that, that happened. Happen in, yeah, it happened in the Minerva incident, uh, oh, for example. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, that reminded me too. Years and years and years ago, I didn't spot the bear, but right out here, Beach Haven Road, you hear massive bear tracks on this road, and yeah. I can just imagine this <laughs> large yeah. beast just lumbering down the road. It's like, whoa! Um, yeah. Well, there's some nice wooded areas around there that they can kind of right get around, you know, to places through and that. But you know, we so we were driving, we pulled over, we got a couple pictures, and we, you know. Um, and it, and it darted back off into the woods, and it was it was in like kind of the ditch area of a long dirt driveway that's kind of going around another loop that goes around the lake. Um, and then after it darted up into the woods, coming up from the same dirt road was this little elderly couple that obviously did not oh, know geez. that a bear was right there. And we go, we need to go tell them that you know they're out enjoying their walk, and so we pulled up to them and. You know, not not in a crazy panicky manner. Either. Oh my God! Get out of the way! There's a bear out here. Exactly. Run for they your like lives! People, you're all stringy and meaty, and they like that. Exactly. <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll. No, don't do that. Um, no, we did. Throw your tampons at them. They go for that. They go for that. Absolutely. <laughs> No, we, we were, yes, uh, no, we're very, very calmly, slowly <laughs> drove up to them and let them know. And they're like going, oh, really? Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and the, the man was walking with this really nice, long, like wooden carved staff. He was helping yeah. them walk, you know, and, and I was like, well, it looks like you can probably defend yourself anyway, sir. And he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. And he holds up his cane. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he holds it up with an arm that looks as, <laughs> oh, as no, decrepit no, no. as mine. No, 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 no <laughs> torn tendons there. He was, he looked pretty stout, but no muscular detachments. <laughs> but, but, you know, but my point is, Mike. I mean, bears exist in fairly healthy numbers throughout the country. Okay, correct. correct. Sighting them in the wild is not a common thing at all. It's dare I say rare. I mean, why is it so difficult to think that a large, intelligent mammal, human-like creature is out there and is even better, even more adept at staying unseen? Exactly. They, you know, they have that much more, that higher level of intelligence that if they don't want to be seen, they aren't going to be seen. You know, bears, they aren't seen, but they're just rambling wandering i mean they aren't thinking of oh i better stay hidden well and the but, thing is uh, one thing that i thought of too mike is the moment it dashed up those woods you know and we yeah. kind of drive around we i mean it's gone unless you right. go running into the woods and trying to find it i mean it's like it disappeared yeah that it's like the last bear that i did see there as well i was up going heading up to itasca it was long after i'd moved away but saw a bear just as we were driving into um it was by Nevis, but anyway, it's like it was there, and it, it saw us, and there was some tall grass or something there, and it was into that and gone. I mean, it was almost you're lucky that you were able to see it mm -hmm. because it's so quick. I mean, it's there, but, you know, that's how elusive they can be. 
even as somebody that's just rambling, wandering around. Exactly. I mean, and that's kind of, you know, that's the point that we're getting at here is, you know, all you pseudo skeptics out there, again, I'm going to beat that into the ground. I'm sticking with that term, no matter what Dave Schrader says, (laughs) um, you know, it's like, why don't you ever see one? Why aren't, you know, wouldn't they see them more often? Well, no, you, you wouldn't see them if, you know, they're out there more often. You know, it, make it's, sure just, that. it's frustrating, but I wanted to throw that out there as a, as a little comparison. Yeah. And, and it always brings me back to uh, the, like the ending of Harry and the Hendersons, where <laughs> you're just looking into the trees there and all of a sudden they start popping out where, you know, they were, but you, you couldn't see them until yep. they moved out from where they were hiding from and where they were so well camouflaged and yeah it's like all of a sudden there's a bunch of bigfoot there <laughs> you know no it was, yeah it's it's a nice illusion i mean it kind of yeah i think that was the point of that last shot exactly yeah. you know they're like hiding in plain sight perhaps you know so but that was neat that was pretty exciting and then later on last night after um we decided to postpone the recording i was like you know it's a gorgeous night out so i'm i'm gonna go head off and do some more vlogging for the patreon page um and by the way, um, I lowered the prices on Patreon. Uh, you can have full access to everything, everything for a measly $3 a month. Um, we would love to see you guys there. Give it a shot for one month. No obligations, tons and tons and tons of contact over, over there. Already 352 posts, exclusive Patreon posts, all things paranormal. It's uh, pretty darn cool. We're proud of it, and we're, it's just getting better and, and better. Mike actually did record a vlog of his own the other day, but uh, unfortunately that, uh, well, we won't dive into that. It was a process (laughs) and it's still not, I I just have to, you know, when I do record a vlog, which I have some great planned ones coming up that it's really going to dive into some stuff that long time listeners have, would uh, enjoy seeing um, and new time listeners. Absolutely. (laughs) New time. Well, believe it or not, we do get new listeners. Uh, It's, it is Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we thank all you so, guys for checking us out. I just have to do them a little bit shorter because for some reason I can't do a, a four-minute vlog and send it to you because it won't go. <laughs> so, But I'll get that all figured out. Yeah, I will get that figured out. And, Mike uh, has some great some ideas. great stuff coming. No, it's 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 uh, pretty cool. It's We're proud of it, like I said. Uh, we'd love to see you guys over there. Check it out if you want to. Uh, you can sign up for as little as one buck a month and you get access to all of our Patreon episodes um i've I've switched a few of the you know five dollar exclusive content i've switched some of it to the one dollar tier as well i always want you guys to check it out yeah um we think you would enjoy it that's no joke and i know i go on and on and it's kind of a running joke about these patreon plugs but uh yeah that's okay we don't do this for our health everybody we do it for you guys and um it's 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 a passion project that's for sure right and uh for all of you that have when you have checked out um, the uh, Patreon and trying to decide whether you should spend $5 and it's like, well, for $2 less, I'll give it a shot because it's probably going to be crappy <laughs> and $5 is going to be too much, but three, uh, yeah, I can give it a try, there you, go. try it, you know, and just you know, scratch it if I don't like it. So I can deal with losing three bucks a month, but five, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I get it, man. I totally get it. Oh, absolutely. So with, you yeah. know, with the $1 tier as well, you also have access to all of our archived episodes going back to 2013 to nonsensicast radio days for gosh sakes. And all of our old interviews that are no longer available anywhere. They were 
big hits on YouTube. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of views for like our Amy Allen interviews, our Ron Moorhead interviews, um, all that stuff, Chip Coffee. All those interviews with big name paranormal celebrities are available on Patreon and nowhere else. So if you guys would like to check it out, please do so. So, Mike. Nonsense cast, though. I just got to throw in. Yeah. There's some nonsense to cast on there. I am afraid to <laughs> go back and listen to some of that. Oh stuff, my but I gosh, think it's hilarious! Get a big kick out of it. Yeah, it's hilarious, but it's it's also Mike. It's like a time capsule. It really is. I mean, we, exactly. we're this, it shows we're, a progression. We're the same, but we're totally different. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have our Mike's first appearances on Nonsense Cats Radio back in the day, and boy, we let loose, and we talked about <laughs> all things ghosts and paranormal, and it was a blast, and quite honestly, that is what really helped push us go to all things paranormal on this show, because Nonsense Cats yeah. Radio kind of covered everything. It was a mishmash of whatever, and then after Mike joined and we found out that how fun it was talking about the stuff we are that passionate about, and then, as I mentioned before, when Dustin Perry agreed to appear on the show. Again and again and again. And it's like, you know what, we're doing all, <laughs> we're, it's, it's paranormal. That's what it is. It's paranormal. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, well, and it's our passion anyway. It's what we love. It is. It's what's, you know, instilled in us. And I will post, and this is the last one, I promise. I will post, I'm going to do it later today, some clips from the newly discovered investigations that Mike and I yes. did back in 2007, 2008. I'm going to post a few minute clips from uh, like the museum investigation. Yes. They're just cool to watch and to look at Mike. Um, Again, stuff that listeners over the years have heard the stories. They, they know about these investigations. Now you can see this stuff. You can see it. Yeah. It's and cool. it is awesome. It was fun, you know, oh. dark, dank <laughs> museum basement and all that stuff. It's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, Mike, when I was doing that uh, brief EVP session last night, well, it's about 17, 18-minute clip that I posted on Patreon. Um, yeah, I used the Spirit Box app again. And again, the same concept. I know a lot of people don't believe in the Spirit Box app. It, you know, and we have our own feelings about it, but it's the same principle as an actual Spirit Box. We use them side by side. We use them one side by another, side. And boy, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get we get results. I mean, but, we love our spirit box. I mean, that's like obviously fantastic. But you know, these other apps, these free apps, you know, people that can't afford to get anything. Yeah, there there's a lot on your phone that that you can have a lot of fun with and catch some really neat stuff. Uh, very briefly, just a, a couple. I texted you these last night, and you can hear it on Patreon. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I got what was unique and interesting about some of these replies is that I got the same answer a variation of the same answer to the same question twice. And so mm -hmm. that's what I was like, okay, is that just mere coincidence? I mean, eh, maybe, but um, it was really, really interesting when I was asking essentially um, if you come back to visit, I'm speaking to potential, you know, energies, spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them. If you come back to visit your final resting spot, or if you stay here, if you linger and I got clear responses saying it's hard or it's harder. And I got it's hard, it's harder twice to the same question, you know, five, six minutes apart. So that's, that's kind of interesting. And then I also asked, yeah. um, well, I got, I, I got a clear, what I interpreted as, and I think you would agree too, Mike, I got a clear word, the word ghost that popped up. And so I, I replied to it and I say, oh, ghost. And I said, do you consider yourself a ghost? Clear as day, immediate response says there isn't. And so, 
as I posted on Patreon, I said, was it in the process? Was that voice in the process of saying there isn't such a thing? You know what? That was James Randy's ghost coming through. You contacted. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Even as a ghost, he's still going to say no. He doesn't believe in himself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's what got a an sad... insecurity problem, <laughs> even in death. Man. Well, all the best. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, without the James Randy's, you know, we wouldn't have the fun that we do. I know. <laughs> All right, Mike, Bigfoot encounters the Minerva yes. uh, monster incidents. Now, um, you and I are both uh, familiar with this story, these encounters, but sort of in passing, you know, kind of right. like where you, you have that, that interest in such things as Bigfoot. You're, you're going to come across all these stories. I mean, you take a deep dive into this. It's really intriguing, super intriguing. Um, we also want to make clear that this is not, we're not talking about the documentary film that was made, I think, in 2015, 2016, uh, of the same name. It's called the Minerva Monster. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the incidents that this documentary was based upon. Um, classic Bigfoot sightings, kind of heavily involved the, uh, the same family who had multiple sightings over a course of months. Should we just dive into the story itself, Mike? It's a great story. Um, yeah, I'm ready. Well, as we, I might have mentioned, this takes place in 1978 in Ohio. I think uh, the majority of the sightings took place over the summer, kind of into, into early fall, perhaps. But what's interesting is that even though these incidents, these sightings are the best known, when you kind of dive into the backstory of this, it actually goes as far back as 1942. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to take out my professional notes here, Mike. You know how professional I am. Yeah, during at, at Cedar Bog, Cedar Bog in 1942 was listed as a nature preserve, and coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, immediately after that, sightings began to be reported. Um, this is far, this goes back to 1942 is what I'm talking about. And then what also kind of shook some of the Ohioans, the the San Diegans, San San Diegans. Send, send, <laughs> How, what, yeah. The Ohio, it's an anchor man <laughs> joke. <laughs> but it also kind of set them off and it was at one point um, after, you know, locals started reporting all these sightings of this kind of, this uh, the classic large ape-like creature, there was a large um, enclosure, a large metal fence that was actually installed, topped with the classic barbed wire. It was, it was, um, installed all the way around this bog on Woodburn Road. And it was never really clarified as to why this enclosure was put up, but there were rumblings and whisperings that this enclosure is actually put up to keep something in. Right. <laughs> Instead of keeping others out, it was put up to keep, I'm doing air quotes, something in. So you can, you can imagine kind of the gossip going on around that. Right. And, and the stories that are, can be added and made up along the oh, way or, yeah. or stuff added to it unintentionally even. <laughs> well, and put yourself there, Mike, as like a, as yeah. a kid and also oh, yeah. like this mysterious, ominous, large enclosures put up and there's no real explanation as to why. And yeah, so the mind, the mind can go. And no, we're yeah. not saying that's what all this is based on. We're not saying it's simply imagination, no, 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 no. but we're you have to covering, throw that out yeah. there. You have to throw it out. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> Now, moving forward, after this is 
installed and the legend this kind of slowly starts to burn, starts to grow. Um, locals actually started be to become fearful around this time when a group of teenagers actually mysteriously disappeared while on a camping trip near this bog. Now, this bog is also referred to as, or the story, I should say, also has the, the claim that, not the claim, the monster that is the focus of this story is also referred to as the Boggy Creek Monster, not to be confused with the legend of Boggy Creek. Not the same creature at all. It's, it can be a little bit confusing. I get that. Mike's staring at me blankly right now. I'm no. writing notes. Oh, he's writing. <laughs> that, that's just the look <laughs> that he has. I'm staring at writing. you and writing notes. And then automatically I start writing, Patrick is really not a very attractive person. I, I didn't mean to write that, I but it just, when that. I was looking at you, it just popped right out. Um, but anyway. Igor, was that, was that appropriate? No, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> no. Mike, you know, um, I, do want you to know, I do want you to know, though, that with all your pain and suffering that you've been going through, just never forget. I can't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Do not forget that, nor, nor ever forget. I got feeling for you. Or that. <laughs> that is, as a friend, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So just don't, just don't forget. As a friend, I I wish you could fix my arm. I I can't stand not using my arm. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is my reaction when I saw Mike's arm the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Uh, it hangs nicely, <laughs> and you just know, and if I not well, to go off ahead. on a not uh, sorry to go off on a right. tangent here. We're so good at this, but Mike's uh, arm debacle. At least it's explained, Mike. Your tendon literally is ripped well, from your my elbow. Muscle, my bicep, where it attaches at the elbow, it detached totally, and uh. it all coiled up to the top of where my bicep <laughs> is supposed to be. And my doctor, she's like. Oh, yeah, I can feel that up there. I can feel all those coiled up muscular yep. tissue. So my arm is like a, it's like a dead weight with a, with a grappling hook on the end, Jesus. which is my hand because my hand works. Yep. But the arm, no. Not so much. So, so if, um, I, if, if I hang it over something that I got to pick up, just grab it like those quarter machines and then <laughs> bring it over to that slot and drop it. Mike is a living quarter machine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, well. oh man! So I'm looking at surgery for that. Otherwise, I'm just gonna have a dead arm for the. No, nope, you're life. not gonna have a dead arm. Unfortunately, yeah, you got to get that taken care of. Yeah. So as legend grew about uh, about this creature, Mike, after these teenagers um, mysteriously disappeared, uh, the locals, of course, attributed this disappearance to the quote Boggy Creek monster. Uh, this nickname was actually um, created shortly after the creature. Uh, shortly after the sightings of this creature began near the earlier mentioned Woodburn Road. But, as we said earlier as well, not to be confused with the folk monster of Folk Arkansas, right. which was the basis of the legend of Boggy Creek. Which is a great story. The, oh, the actual man. story behind that, the folk monster, uh, we did an episode on that. We did. Excellent story. Um, now, kind of fast forward decades here. As you know, our research as limited as it may be sometimes, it seems like um, it kind of, the sightings died down for many, many, many years. Like I said, decades. I'm, 
from the 1940s all the way up to the 1970s here, the late 1970s, which is interesting. It, it also kind of adds the possibility that these are fairly nomadic. They don't maybe mm-hmm. perhaps just hang out. They go from location to location to oh, avoid humans. Yeah, which is going to be another way for them to stay more hidden is to be nomadic and on the move, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Now, just a back uh, background quickly here of Minerva. It's, uh, it's a pretty small town population under 4,000 in Paris Township, Stark County, Ohio. Now, the majority of these sightings focus revolve around the Caton family, C-A-Y-T-O-N. And uh, the first incident um, occurred when one Herbert Caton, he began clearing an area kind of close to his home. He basically was digging a giant pit near his home. Uh, once his work got like done. A garbage pit. A garbage pit, exactly, yeah. like a disposal pit. And once he got it, you know, initially was done with his first jab at the pit, uh, he, well, what are you going to do when you make a garbage disposal pit? You're going to throw garbage in it. Sure. And so <laughs> that's what he did. And um, I was, think I'll start using it now since I built it. Exactly. I might as well use the pit. <laughs> that's a mighty fine pit. Um, I'm a pit master. <laughs> anyway. That's a vocation out there. I dig pits. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Get that painted on the side of his pickup on his door. There you go, pit master. Phone number in a- now, it, was, it was actually a few nights after he uh, threw the um, garbage into his newly dug pit when Caton's uh, grandchildren and several of their friends came running into Herbert Caton's house just frantic and because they, they had claimed to have just seen a large, hairy monster, quote-unquote monster, rummaging around in the pit. Now, a lot of people say, well, it's a bear. Bears love digging through garbage. First first thing you think of. Mike mentioned that earlier, the bear in the alley digging through garbage and shit. You know, why not? That's where you would logically go. That's why you don't leave your grills out overnight and out where you live. They come after that. Anyway, go ahead. It's unique. I shouldn't say unique. It's interesting to point out that the kids were truly terrified. Now, I get it. Would Would they be truly terrified if it was clearly a bear? Do you think? If they knew it was a bear, would they be absolutely terrified? Um, I mean, possibly. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, if, if they aren't used to seeing that and they, you know, I mean, you automatically think a bear is going to come and kill you and eat you up and everything. So well, Exactly. <laughs> you know. But, you know, these kids were, now according to the story, they were obviously just terrified because they described it. They thought it looked like a threatening mountain man. Yeah. So that's a, that's a yeah. woo, or a quote crazed hermit who was just outside of their house, a very large hairy hermit. Right. So being from that area, these kids, uh, they would know, they would have known if it was a bear, if they had a good enough look at it, and sure. So that's why they were so terrified that they didn't, they didn't identify it as a bear. Mm-hmm. It's like they saw it as a hairy mountain man, monster. This, yeah, this beastly. Looking, I wasn't going to go on with the bulging. <laughs> oh, thing, please do. Bulging, anyway. beastly, man. <laughs> Why do I not have that on the soundboard? Soundboard. I need bulging. It should be. Beastly. I mean, that's that would be a natural. I also realized that I just, I, I mixed up mountain and the monster, and I said, monster. Did I monster. just, did I just coin hey, a new word? word? Yeah. <laughs> 
I like that. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. A a mound monster. All right. Well, listeners, well, so let us know it, if that's depending on where you you find this creature. If it's in a mountain, it's a monster. It's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's in the woods, it's called a forester. Okay, I like monster. <laughs> anyway, um, carry on. My way, Woodson. Sorry, damn it. Um, Igor is. Do you think people absolutely adore my humor? No, I didn't think so. No. Now, the further on, uh, the further the story here, a how Caton, how his mother Evelyn and her daughter Vicky went outside to investigate after the children came in and, you know, in such a frantic, terrified manner, told them what they had seen. Now, they had noticed that their dogs were also going berserk at this time as they walked up this small hill leading to the, the, the freshly dug pit. And as they got closer to the pit, they saw this, they saw a large, thickly haired, Again, here's the word, monster, which they described as about seven feet tall, and they estimated it as weighing about 300 pounds. Now, okay, seven foot tall, 300 pounds, that's kind of a svelte Bigfoot. It is, actually. Yeah, I, I, always, I just want to use the word hmm. svelte every now and then. So. Well, um, it, it was a Bigfoot that uh, it has found a very nice jogging trail in the woods, that it <laughs> takes advantage of quite often. He has a nice exercise routine. Um, yeah. Focuses heavily on eating berries and Wearing shrubs. sweatbands around its wrist and forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. With cooling scarfs around its neck. Wait a minute. Whatever happened to Richard Simmons? Is, is, is there a connection here? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Mike's again literally looking at me like, that went over my head, buddy. So, And I don't blame him. Now, Evelyn was quoted as, quoted as saying, it just stood there, it did not move, but I almost broke my neck running back down that hill. Yeah. See, they, they knew it wasn't a bear. I mean, they would have yeah. reacted as frantically. I mean, I mean, when you see a bear, it's like when we've seen them, you know, it's like, well, I've been in the car mostly, but it's like, you know, you have to respect that and you know, some at least some kind of a process to, you know, you know, be have less danger. You know, like oh, make sure. yourself bigger, all that stuff. But if 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 they see something, they none of that even comes into their head. It just goes right to, you know, this is some monster. I yes. mean, you know, and they're all agreeing with that. They're all saying that. So and that adds weight to it. That adds credence. definitely adds credence to it. As just exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, it's a family that's like, oh, let's collaborate on this. But yeah. it just, I don't know, you know, you can kind of get a feeling of how things are. When little kids are involved, know, that makes me exactly. throw, throw the collaborated story. Absolutely. Like the yeah. fabricated hoax out the window a little bit. Yeah. I'm not, not saying that. Not impossible, but it's, yeah. it's more likely to, yeah, it, it just feels feels better. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that all little kids are angels by God, by, exactly. by any means, yeah. but uh, it just makes you wonder a little bit. Now, it was again a few days after these initial sightings that they saw the creature again, and it was Evelyn who saw the creature again. And it was, of course, picking through the damn garbage in the freshly dug pit. I just like saying freshly dug pit for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> well, Bigfoot, he saw that being done. He goes, ooh, smorgasbord. Smorgasbord, baby. So he's good. Now, this time, Evelyn noted that the creature was bipedal because they couldn't quite tell the first time around, but now it was clearly bipedal, walking on two legs and had... As 
She described it, long hair covering its face. And that's a very common description of Bigfoot sightings, by the way. Um, it's not like the classic Gimlin Patterson film look where it looks like it has you know, shortly cropped hair around yeah. the face, you know, neatly trimmed. No, yeah. you get like kind of the wild man image in your in your mind where it's got the long the long bangs, Mike, <laughs> hanging Unkempt. in front of his unkempt, there you go. <laughs> not yeah, he may be svelte, but definitely it's unkempt. Quite disheveled. Very disheveled. Possibly He's odorous. Got a wee bit of wavy hair that's flying all over the place in the wind. Um, Evelyn described the creature's hair as, like I said, long, covering its face, also thick. And although she could not make out any of its facial features, she described it as having no visible neck. Now, the dogs were again going wild, uh, just like they were before, going berserk. Um, and this time, so much so that they were actually tugging so hard to get free from the chains that kept them tied to the nearby tree. So were they trying to get at this creature or get away from this creature, I guess. Right, I well, one of the dogs, a German Shepherd, did not get away, obviously. That's, I know, that's... Oof, I wrote that down, I underlined it, and I, know, I don't know why I underlined it. I wrote simply, dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> dead dog. Well, let's see, there's a very uh, pertinent point here. Oh, dog dead. Well, I hate hearing about that. I just... Yeah, it, it, German Shepherd, I mean... Oh, you yeah, know, for you, too. Having, you a, got, you having a German one. Shepherd... I mean, I know the power and strength of these dogs. Yes. And, you know, obviously nothing against a Bigfoot. A, a bear would maybe have some chance of escape from a Bigfoot. Yeah. Oh, sure. Not necessarily. But, no, not a dog. But, uh, you know, yeah. You know, broken with a broken neck and the dog's color is far next to the dead dog. Yeah. So, so it's still like a, attached to the chain. So there is a lot going on there. A lot of force, a lot of strength. A lot, yeah. A violent force. But again, you know, if a Bigfoot was responsible for murdering, murdering, for killing that dog, was it doing it out of perhaps fear itself? You know, maybe. Right, exactly. I, I mean, we don't know. We weren't there. Uh, were the dogs trying to break free to run away or break towards this exactly. unexplained creature? Yeah, it's, there was it's another similar. German Shepherd there. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, the other German Shepherd that said, and Missy was its name, oh, is its name, appeared it. in an addled state. Now, I that, do not know the definition of addled. I mean, it's, it basically means uh, frazzled, um, odd. You're, you're kind of out of it, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's like you're traumatized. You're traumatized. You're acting differently. It's like you, exactly, you can always yeah. tell when your dogs are, something's bothering them because they act oh, yeah. different. Yeah. And that's what that's what they mean by addled. Um I was going to say, too, uh, on the original Sierra Sound CD, at the very end, um, they include like the 911 call that a gentleman made when he was kind of freaking out when he was looking out his house window. And he's, yeah, he's like, there's amazing. Uh, he's like, that recording. mother effer. I mean, he's swearing that thing's about six foot nine. I don't know. And he's like, get somebody yep. out here because he's looking at this thing in his property. Yep. And the it, first time I heard that recording, it was actually, I was listening to an episode of Art Bell many years ago. Oh, really? And I and I listened to the recording, and he actually had the guy on there. You know, I, If I remember correctly, that guy was actually on there. Yeah. You know, Mike, and I've, I've said this a few times, I think you and I have a good BS vibe, you know, or BS detector, I should say. Sure. I don't, to me, listening to that, from the first moment I heard it, it sounds like he's legit frightened. Yeah. He's not yeah, acting. You can hear it, yeah. But what I brought that up is, the reason I brought that up is because the next day he saw his dog. No, no, I, I'm wrong. He, 
I believe he saw his dog get thrown over like his fence. His dog was right. murdered. I see. That's I right. keep saying murdered. His dog was killed by this, by this mystery yeah. beast. But it's uh, well, it's and the way it, like this dog that was um, that survived that. I was just reading here a little bit further too that um, the dog wasn't the same for weeks. Yeah. Um, yep. And she continued acting strangely for weeks after the incident, and out of character, dug a huge eight-foot hole in the ground. Yeah. Uh, well, what is I, that all about? You know, is it like digging a hiding place if it needs it, or that's, what? That's the vibe you know? that I got. It was like it was trying to just get away. Yeah, that's just amazing. And this that part was confirmed by investigators who were sent there too. And they have pictures and photographs yeah. of it too. Yes. And, and again. You know, skeptic, pseudo skeptics will say, "Well, they could have just a dog could dig a hole anytime, or the human yeah. could have dug it and blamed it on the dog." I exactly. Mean, yeah. Uh, the story does continue, though, Mike, um, with more sightings from friends and still the continued sightings from the Caton family. This went yeah. through August twenty first of nineteen eighty one. These particular nineteen uh, um, seventy eight. This particular sighting that is. Now, the researcher in questionnaire who was interviewing the family, he said that the family was uh, told very little about these sightings to friends, but the, the incidents came to public um, August 21st, 1978. Again, not an uncommon thing. People don't necessarily want to start telling these stories to just anybody out of fear of ridicule. I mm -hmm. mean, how many people have seen something, Mike, that have never reported anything? Yeah, yeah. At, when it comes to ghosts, UFOs, cryptids whatever absolutely i've never cared if i if i saw something <laughs> i was excited i'm talking about it <laughs> i know i got you <laughs> now it was august 21st 1978 around 10 30 p.m uh the catons and a few of their friends were were chilling they're relaxing on the back porch of their home uh behind their house now it kind of set the the so you can kind of see the setting here behind their house was an old abandoned strip mine actually which will be, that's yeah, an interesting locale. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the abandoned strip mine that had been out of use for many, many, many years. And be beyond this abandoned strip mine was a dense, unpopulated, hilly woods that the family rarely walked into, they were rarely ventured into. You know, I, I get that. Um, near the mine, there's also a chicken coop. Now, amongst the, the, the chatter of what was going on, the casual chilling out talk of the day someone uh started to you know pointed out that they heard this unusual noise that was going on near this chicken coop so the the family and the friends turned to see what this was all about and they noticed and this is creepy yeah they noticed again this is 10 30 at night they noticed a pair of two pairs of yellow eyes peering back at them through the darkness. Now, it could be any animal that people will say, well, it could be anything. But as the story goes, the family, close friend of the family, a gentleman named Scott Patterson, decided to uh, take a closer look, hop into his car, turned on the vehicle's flashlights, headed towards those glowing eyes. Would you have done that, Mike? Would you have hopped in your car and sped off towards those glowing eyes? Uh, I just would have ran to him and walked oh. out there. Oh, you would just ran unprotected. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have turned the headlights on, though, and drove sure. a little closer. I, I think I would have done that. Now, as Scott kind of inched the car closer and closer to try and get a better illumination of this pair of eyeballs, 
The lights revealed what they described as a huge, hairy creature. This is awesome. A huge, hairy creature which stepped in front of, get this, yeah. two feline-like creatures as if to protect them. What in God's name is that all about? That uh, that is awesome. I you know, it's like Bigfoot is the protector of the forest, the woods, and everything in it. It's like they are the guardians. You know, like were these two like mountain lions or whatever with them or yeah. What yeah. I mean, Ohio. What could have been cougars? Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's you know, you know maybe we some have links. cougars in North Dakota here, so um, Ohio. I'm sure we've had them here in Minnesota as oh, well. Definitely, man. yeah. Um, that's just, but I love that idea. I think we, I'm pretty sure we've talked about that before too, Mike. There, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who believe that Bigfoot is kind of this omnipresent force. Mm-hmm. Not, <sighs> okay, I'm going to retract that. Not omnipresent because he's not everywhere at all times. Maybe right. spiritually, if you believe in that angle. Uh, omniscient almost, uh, protective, like you said, Mike, this guardian of the woods, of its fellow creatures, you know, because it is, as we tend to believe, it is probably higher developed, uh, more intelligent. But what I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my mind around what happened here. That's such a unique description, such a unique occurrence when it comes to Bigfoot sightings. This is a rarity. I don't know if yeah. I've ever heard of I, other such occurrences. So they get closer. This massive, hairy creature steps in front of these other feline-like creatures. That is so cool. The witnesses would also describe that this creature was, again, well over seven feet tall, black and brown matted hair that covered its head and face. The creature then turned its attention to the idling automobile and began running towards it. Now, um, this is interesting. Mike, would you have pooped your pants at that point, or would you have um, been okay? I would have uh, I would have leaked something <laughs> oh, no. a little bit. <laughs> but um, From some but, orifice. Okay, now, think of this. <laughs> okay, yeah. If we, if we think of uh, Bigfoot as a, the guarding of the forest, guarding of these creatures, maybe, well, how many times would Bigfoot have been just inside the woods when you drive by on 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 the highway or a county road or whatever how many times has that bigfoot seen what it is looking at right there with the headlights on it hit something kill something like a deer or or raccoon skunk or mountain lion whatever coyote so it it <clears throat> reacts to that car coming towards him her it and these two feline creatures, does it is it going to protect because it knows what that car is capable of doing? That is an excellent point. It's like to me to to this Bigfoot, this creature, cars mean harm. They mean danger. They mean death to its fellow, yeah. you know, its fellow fellow forest creatures, you know? I guess yeah. oh, that and, was a great they, point. And they've been here since the beginning of time before we have been here. You know, you've heard people say this before, like, you know, like uh, bleeding hearts or whatever, you know, like we're the ones that are encroaching on them. Yeah. You know, they don't, you know, they we're in their territory and, and we end up killing how many of them, you know, no. with these vehicles that we drive. 
I got you, man. I got it's. Yeah. That's and a Bigfoot fantastic point. That's yeah, a fantastic seen it happen. point. Do anything. Now, uh, Scott, after seeing this creature quickly closing in on him and the others, uh, the witnesses, well, I don't blame them, ran into their home while Mr. Patterson tumbled from the car to join them. So he he bursted out of the car. He didn't want anything to do with being in the car at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, once inside their home, the frightened uh, witnesses, it's said that actually some of the women were so traumatized that they burst into tears. They immediately called the Stark County Sheriff's Department. Now, while they all waited inside, kind of huddled together, huddled, huddled together, catching their breath, trying to figure out what the hell had just happened, what they had just seen, waiting for the authorities to, to show up. Creepy part of the story. Yeah, it gets crazy, too. I mean, it gets stranger. This creature is then, Mike, spotted peering through the kitchen window, illuminated by the back porch Lights. Okay, you get a picture of that. Take a moment and think about that for a second. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I thought about it for just a second, <laughs> and then I got a little creeped out. I mean, you see this bizarre, beastly, bulging thing running after your car. I mean, you're so terrified that you don't feel safe in your car. You run into the house. You're trying to find safety and comfort and numbers and you look out the window and bam there's that face of this thing staring at you you imagine getting that close look of a face that it's it's like it's probably like human but not human absolutely and you know and and you know what the word that popped in my brain too is ancient it was like like an ancient almost uh, yes creepy and terrifying but maybe maybe if you allow yourself to think about it this way, maybe wise, you know. And, yes, there's an intelligence yeah. that you see in those eyes, the the wisdom in those eyes, and the the stories that that could tell. Now, you know, Scott Patterson here, he, re- he reacted like I a lot of people would have. I don't, I right. don't blame him. Uh, he went, he grabbed a loaded 22 caliber pistol while Evelyn Caton snatched a 22 caliber rifle and began loading it. Um, and Which you have had to understand. Nothing would have no, no effect on this creature. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> ah, tis a flesh wound, you know, type yeah. thing. And again, I don't blame them. I mean, they're right. they're terrified. They're, yeah, they're just taking any anything that they possibly have that they can defend themselves with. Just in case. Yeah. Now, they also noted that despite aiming their weapons directly at this creature, this is interesting, it still stood by the window for about 10 minutes showing no fear, absolutely no fear of the guns and nobody shot at it. I mean, they just, they didn't feel the inclination to do so at that point. They were just, they're at the ready, but maybe mm-hmm. again, Mike, it was looking at that face and going, that's too human. Right. Which, which you've heard people say before. That oh, they had, so many had times. It in their sights. And, and it's like that, the, the Sasquatch will look at them yep. with the, those eyes. And it's like, there's human, human eyes in there and i will finally use the, the word correctly they feel like they are murdering a fellow right. human exactly yep and so they don't pull the trigger you know well thankfully they don't for people like you and i you know we we waver on this a little bit but i think we always come to the same conclu- conclusion that we do not need a dead body to prove the existence mm, I, yeah. 
I get that science needs it. I understand that. But if I had that opportunity, Mike, and I'm pretty sure you would be the same as me, I would never pull the trigger if I had, oh, absolutely. had it in my sights, ever. I couldn't even pull a trigger to, if I was looking at a whatever. I, I, well, I wouldn't be even doing it. I mean, I... I <laughs> And I know you're not being dismissive of, of me saying that at all. I know you're not oh, absolutely. doing that. But I, I say that because at the same time, I'll be thinking of, you know, I've been passionate about this thing that people have called me a nut for believing in for 30 plus years. Yeah. And I have an opportunity to kind of just jab it back at them and say, here, this is yeah. it. I still wouldn't could, do that. You couldn't. Ever. There's, you, there's not a, a, a fraction of that in either one of us nope. to do that. But the quote after this, please quote, read it, Mike. Yeah. was amazing. I thought um, it didn't seem to want to bother anyone. It was just curious. We all felt that it wanted to be friends, Oh man. So they went from just being terrified to all of a sudden feeling that this thing wanted to be friends. Now, is that some, okay, I'm going off the, the wacky deep end here. Is that something telepathic going on? Maybe, you know, that's what I was going to say because, you know, what made them change their mind? You know, was it the, the fact that it was just standing there watching them for 10 minutes with no fear? Uh, was it something that was <clears throat> kind of imparted to them somehow mm -hmm. by this Bigfoot? I like that idea. I, re I, honestly, I, buy, I buy that. I really I do. do. I do too. I mean, it's something was being communicated there. Something was being communicated obviously without words, and they totally changed their tone, their outlook, their fear. Yeah. And, and then after several minutes, he, it turned away and slowly, yeah. silently walked away. Walked away. It's like, okay, yeah. my message has been sent, and uh, I'm done for the evening, basically. Yeah, there's, there's so much beyond just being some cryptid creature to these. It's, yes. You know, we, we can't even you know, fathom it or grasp our, our minds can't grasp around it because there's something, there's something special going on yeah. there. And I don't use that word lightly. I really think that there's something truly unique and special about these, these uh, creatures. Mm -hmm. I don't even like really necessarily using the term creature because it almost right. sounds like, you know, they're below us being it's a, you know, a being. whatever. There, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Now, um, the Stark County sheriffs were called in to investigate these sightings, and then, of course, this massive manhunt um, commences for this this being. I'm not going to say creature. I don't know why. It just like I said, it bothered me. Bothers me. Uh, Deputy Sheriff James Shannon arrived about 15 minutes after the call from the Catons. About five minutes after the creature moved away from the kitchen window. Deputy Shannon, who later retired as captain, actually. Uh, Mike is eating his arm. What, what, no, what? I'm just holding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were if you were like uh, kissing your wrist or yeah, like no, taking a it bite out of it. For too long, it just the shoulder starts yanking. Man. Anyway, go so ahead. Um, <laughs> sorry, Deputy Shannon. No, that's fine. He he was interviewed. He, oh, he wasn't interviewed. After interviewing the witnesses who described to him the two cats and the monstrous creature, years later he recalled the incident and he said, "This is a quote." Uh, they heard something at the window kind of clawing and pawing. From what I remember, I don't think this creature, whatever the hell it was, was trying to get in as much as it, as it was saying, hey, look at me. Now, this is from the if sheriff. Wanted, yeah, if it wanted to get, get in, I mean. 
Now, if, no way if the sheriff doesn't it. believe that's possibly a Sasquatch, would he honestly think that a bear would be there and say, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Again, I'm not demeaning a bear's intelligence by any means. Man, I'm really defensive today. <laughs> I'm like, don't listen to anything I say. Uh, Sheriff Shannon also noted that the family's terror seemed genuine, and everyone's description of the incident matched perfectly, which is important. I mean, there's no one yeah, is wavering from the story. Everyone is pretty much spot on with what happened. So, Deputy Shannon did not think it was a hoax, not even close to being a hoax. Uh, he believed the family and friends had definitely seen something, but, however, he could find no rational explanation for what they had seen. You know, originally, the kids had, had thought of this as like a, a wild or hairy mountain man or a, or a reclusive hermit. Um, you know, what if that is a possibility as well? Unless after, you know, more contact, they had realized that it wasn't something that was more human. Mm -hmm. But, you know, are there cases like this that does happen like that? You know, there are tribes still that are find, found, and not that long ago, years, relatively not that long ago, where tribes have been found in places that, you know, they have never been discovered. It's a tribe that's lived since, you know, prehistoric times, the way they are when they're found. Well, they're in, in spots know? where, by all logical thinking, they, there shouldn't be any... <laughs> you know, even exactly. remnants of an existing, you know, tribal, um, I don't know, exactly. group of persons. So you why, know? why couldn't there have been somebody, you know, like years ago, like I, I'm done with society, which, you know, people do, but, you know, not necessarily running into the woods and living off the woods and becoming like a creature of the woods, but yeah. You know what I mean? Mike, you know, there's it's a story. Thing. There's a, you know, it'd be an interesting topic. I'm drawing a blank on the gentleman's name. Well, a lot of people think he's a murderer, so I shouldn't say gentleman. But there's an, uh, an incident from back in the 70s, I believe, of, of as an ornithologist, a guy who studies birds, and a, a fellow group of researchers who, I can't remember his name. I wish I could. Anyways, long story short, he was accused of murdering and eating his fellow researchers, but what he originally claimed was that they came across an unknown, unseen, never-before-seen tribe of cannibalistic people mm -hmm. who actually murdered his fellow researchers and not him. And it could have happened or it could have been a cover story. <laughs> I, yeah, that's absolutely true, but I'm just throwing but, that out there, you know. But I remember many, many years ago, I was just a kid, I think, um, the Tassaday tribe, I think it was in the Philippines, in the jungles that they had found. And you that, know the you know, Philippines. That tribe is, has unchanged for, you know, I don't know how long. Millennia. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating to try and think about that. Uh, Deputy Shannon searched around the Caton's home, and he noted the classic alarming strong stench. I mean, that's a common... Um, theme in Bigfoot sightings. He's smelly. He's a foul-smelling yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, but he thing. says, too, that it was near the kitchen window, which means it also could have been that 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 old pot roast that's been in the fridge for like six could months. Be. It could that be. never got eaten. <sighs> rotten milk. Anyway, yeah, rotten milk, yeah. The fridge went out and they never got it fixed. 
Uh, Deputy like Shannon. Clump of milk. Um, Deputy Shannon. <laughs> the, I'm sorry. My dog is literally laying on my microphone cord. Dude, move. Get up. My, my mic started going away from my mouth. <laughs> I realized he was pulling on the cord. You couldn't handle your breath. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry, Vigo. My goodness. Your mic's going, ah, dang. <laughs> I felt like I had, I was pulling on the mic cord. I felt like I had like a 50 pound muskie on the end of it. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Deputy Shannon described the odor as ammonia, sulfur, or the rotten egg smell. Additional deputies uh, were called in and searched the area on horseback and in four wheel drive army surplus Jeeps. Uh, they searched for about six hours and they found nothing unusual in the woods. Oh, no, I'm sorry, they found unusual. Footprints, I am reading this final caption here, in the woods behind the home, and they measured them at 14 to 16 inches long. But law enforcement then wrote them off as simply bare well. footprints because I believe he said it looked like there was they saw claws in the footprints, and so that immediately yeah. made them. And maybe Bigfoot just forgot to clip his toenails. I don't know. Well, and I was going to say, maybe Shaq was out walking, but I think his feet are bigger than that. <laughs> They're way bigger, I bet. <laughs> now, uh, Mrs. Caton was uh, asked if she thought the creature could have been a bear, and she immediately responded, no, not unless they were mutated. So, mm. now, even though they did kind of put it off as a bear, that was law enforcement's official conclusion. Shannon did say, Deputy Shannon did say years later that he he would call the investigation the most bizarre investigation of his 30-year law enforcement. Yeah. Well, when he first filed that report and and officially as a bear, I mean, what else was he going to do? I mean, he he could have put in what yeah. they all thought, but, you know, for an official report, I think a lot of people would have been like, in, in that situation... Would have had to think pretty hard if they were going to put, yeah, they, yes. you know, well, anything other than a bear. Their career is on the line sometimes yeah, if exactly. they put that down. Uh, moving on to the second Minerva monster sightings. This was August 22nd, 1978, the very next day. Around 9 p.m. this time, a Mrs. Mary Ackerman, daughter of Evelyn Caton, drove to the Caton home to pick up her daughter and a friend. I am going to kind of read this quickly here. Um, we're over an hour right now, but that's awesome. Awesome episode so far, Mike. Thanks for making this work. It is. Uh, Mary turned to the Caton driveway, and to her surprise, she saw the same creature, what they believed to be the same creature, standing on top of the hill next to the abandoned strip mine behind the home. This time she described the creature. Well, I shouldn't say this time, but Mary Ackerman described the creature as more than six feet tall, so that's shorter than the seven-foot-tall creature with what she described as stubby legs and hairy, indistinct features. So Mike was on top of the hill. No, I'm kidding. Mike was on top of the hill. <laughs> now, I okay, I have to say this. I one good arm. Yes, he was. People down there. Now, I have to say this. Yes. Just to play devil's advocate here, short, hairy, sure. stubby legs makes you think of a bear standing on its hind legs, right? Exactly. And that's what it would look like. I mean, yes. a lot of body and stubby legs. <laughs> Again, Mike, <laughs> I'm kidding. What? <laughs> it's just a dumb joke. I'm just saying that it's, you're describing yourself, and not, you're not. Okay, got it, yeah. That's the furthest from the truth. I have rather long, attractive Yes, legs. yes, he does. No, I don't. He, <laughs> but he never, Mike has never in his life worn a pair of shorts, as far as I've I known you. Because, you know, I get tired of Norwegian white jokes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Norwegian Wood, the Beatles song. Is like, that makes oh, no, no sense. I, I, hey, you don't know what... Uh, 
you don't know the other version of Norwegian wood, and it was it was designed after me, and it was called Norwegian Norwegian White. White. Okay, Norwegian White Mike. But anyway, Mike was the inspiration for John Lennon, and then Paul yeah. Paul convinced them to change it to Norwegian wood. Yeah, and I was just a baby at the well, I was a young <laughs> child at the time, not a baby, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, Mary Ackman went on to say that she saw, she sat in the car and watched the creature until it finally turned and walked towards the woods behind the mine. This is a quote. According to Mary, it was shaped like a man and it walked like a man. When a bear moves away, it does away on all fours, on all four feet, all four paws. Not necessarily, but uh, this swung up over the edge of the strip mine on two legs. She's very yeah, clear. Because it would need its front yeah. legs for that to be able to do that. So she very clearly adamantly says this was on two legs but it's I don't like shorter the, idea of the stubby legs though that the thing shorter, is yeah. and she described the stubby legs but maybe mike possible that it was crouching maybe exactly or it could have had maybe long hair that was covering parts of its leg that looked like body that's, that's a good point legs coming out from underneath it also, i mean i'm just throwing out you know whatever simple idea that yeah now, this goes on to the third Minerva monster sighting. The, again, the very next day, August 23rd, How Caton had his second ex experience on this day. This time around 11 p.m., Caton saw the creature appear outside his home once again and quickly grabbed a gun and fired it into the air. The creature turned and fled. However, How noted that the same night as the family was laying in bed, their home was then pelted with rocks which pattered and clanked on the metal roof of the home throughout the night. Now, to me, this seems like if this is the same creature or maybe the, among the same group of creatures, if there are more than one, again, those... I believe there had to be more than one. Yeah, because that, that one that Mary Ackman saw was over a foot shorter than the other ones, according to their estimates. This, to me, is Sasquatch saying, hey, what the hell are you doing firing that thing? Even yeah. if it was in the air, I don't appreciate that. I'm going to keep your ass up all night. Yeah, and yeah, and obviously wasn't like throwing rocks to do any damage. Yeah, I mean it was like like you know here, you know throw these on the roof and you're gonna hear it. It's it's like, uh, you know, letting them know of its presence and taking it a little bit further because of shooting up in the air, like you said. Yeah, right. It's like you did that. Okay, I'm gonna throw rocks at your house. It, it could have said, okay, I'm gonna come in your house break through the door and I'm going to take your gun and shove it down your throat. It could but, bust out the windows. Yeah, but it obviously had no intentions on anything violent, anything. Just letting them know that. Yeah, hey. it was just acknowledgement, yeah, of. And that's yeah. another That's another fairly common um, occurrence in Bigfoot sightings, Mike, is, right. you know, tents or cabins you know, or anything like that being pelted with rocks or pine cones. Mm -hmm. um, I believe Dr. Jeff Meldrum was talking yeah, about his he tents. Told us, uh, his, uh, well, or, uh, um, uh, I, the, the other interview that we did. Uh, the other interview that we did, Mr. Ron Moorhead? What? Ron Moorhead, Expedition Ron Bigfoot? Moorhead, yes. Or, I mean, he described things like that happening during their. Oh, sure. You know, you know the 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 outhouse toilet seat being. Oh, I love that whatever, though. You know? the, the toilet seat <laughs> being banged, and that's again, that's on audio. It's yeah, awesome it, stuff. It makes it kind of laugh, but then because then you hear it hoop and holler as it's running off. You know. Yeah. Again, just letting them know so, it's like, hey, I'm here. Smack, smack, smack. So at this point, uh, if this was you going through this, or if this is you and I going through this, yeah, you know, experiencing this 
Um, at this point, would we be trying to discuss what possibly is the motive of this? Would we hmm. then think, well, maybe let's sit out on the front steps tonight, see if it comes around, I and think have that more of a interaction with it. I think, Mike, I know you and I would do something like that. Yeah, but I, I think we I would, would like also think <laughs> we would also have we'd have to take precautions. I mean, I if wear a diaper. Yeah, wear a diaper. Um, we'd have to have a very quick escape route, some somehow, mm-hmm. some way. Would we? Yeah. Ha- would we protect ourselves with with a rifle or something? I just, oh, I, geez. I'm a wimp when I, I don't like guns. Period. Yeah. But man, maybe we would have to just because we don't know what we're, what we're dealing with. I don't know. Yeah. But I think we would sit out on that couch. On that couch. <laughs> maybe we pull a couch out on the porch and just chill. Um. Hey, if it was a couch on the Sally in the Sally house, that's pretty comfortable. Well, I'm we'll not going to go to the Sally house and steal their couch. <laughs> Let me borrow your couch. We're going to go <laughs> monster hunting. It's really comfy. Yeah, Mike literally well, I did sleep sunk, good on that couch. Sunk into voted. that damn thing, and boy, oh boy, did you keep me up. But that's a whole other story altogether. Um, I couldn't sleep that well anyways. It wasn't just your snoring, Mike, so yeah. don't feel terrible. <laughs> Those sounds you heard in the basement. The sounds I heard in the basement. Yeah, Mike, I don't know. The best way I can describe his gurgling snoring is like the sound of a massive submarine emerging from the ocean depth with water (laughs) (laughs) now potentially the final minerva sighting at least back in 1978 occurred on september 8th now so a week or two after these original incidents and this was around 6 p.m and again involved mrs mary ackman when she once again saw two this time though two ape-like creatures, which would make sense because one, again, seven foot tall, the other one, six foot tall. Two ape-like animals moving about near this same strip mine. She thought at first that they might have been in a tree, but could not tell because of the hillside angle and the distance. She then watched the creatures for a while until they simply disappeared into the woods. So, I mean, that's that's that, there you have it. Those are the initial uh, Minerva monster, air quote, monster incidents that we were um, focused on tonight. Fascinating. Creepy, yes, I get it. I can definitely understand being creeped out. But what was truly behind it? Well, we don't know. We have our thoughts. We have our feelings. I definitely think something out of the ordinary was going on. I do not think this was encounters with a bear or multiple bears. Definitely. and and Plus the fact that this happened... In a relatively, rel- relatively, uh, you know, condensed period of time. Basically I mean, three like days. A, Basically three it days. Was like a yeah, it was like a such a. Uh, it's like a planned out uh, visit or whatever from this Bigfoot I, staying around this yeah. house. Was it trying to, uh, you know, get a specific message to them? Whatever. And, you know, and, and was this just, was this. Um, solely based on maybe it was a nomadic again there's that term you know was it a nomadic group there's at least two of them simply moving through the countryside at that point and Minerva just happened to be in their way you know they're going from point A to point B and they had to kind of maybe go through the outskirts of Minerva yeah and you know henceforth well not henceforth but hence the sightings occurred and people saw them and I think you and I both 
lean <clears throat> towards the thought that they're going, okay, you guys saw us. We can tell that you're terrified. We're going to stick around long enough to let you know there's no need to be terrified. Does that sound right. corny and cheesy, Mike? That's no, I think that's I just awesome. Said? You know, but, you know, I did read on another site when I was looking at this one. I did uh, check around a little bit on, yeah. you know, when I Googled the Minerva Monster. And there was, you know, sometimes you get some storylines that from different web pages that a little bit different here, a little bit, you know. Oh, sure, sure. But there was this one part that I read, and it was a, like, it would have been kind of equivalent to the the what we were seeing here in the final Minerva monster sighting. Mm -hmm. It's like two days or so after that, um, they did find a note under a rock on their front deck that said, thanks for the fun, just passing through, see you in a couple of weeks. But then it didn't make it back. So... It just never was seen again. <laughs> I was trying to trying to watch Patrick laugh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, that's just, my feeling. You just love you know. putting you love topping off every episode with <laughs> something like that. I think it's you know maybe Mike, we should turn that into a into a bit. You know, yeah. every every episode you're gonna wrap it up with your 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 sincere take on what was happening yeah. here. Yeah. Okay, so we have we have a. <sighs> Obviously, a well-versed, well-written, a highly educated uh, group of Sasquatch. Well, there were some misspellings, and some of the letters <laughs> were backwards. <but laughs> some of the letters are backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Just you know, thank you for the yeah. fun. I get you. Just one big U. In, um, yeah. well, kind of smudged, then, dirty yeah. paper. I get it. You know, because they're the writing H with was missing on thank. Thank. You know, and that. So yeah, are they so, like writing with mud, like fingerprinting or finger painting type yeah. thing? Is that what's going yeah. on there? Well, it's a little bit of fecal matter, you know, whatever's available. Matter. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so. Again, I, I'm just picturing them sitting out at their own campsite, you know, with their bicycles on, their legs crossed. Yeah. You know? And these two feline things watching, I mean, he's going, uh, let's see, yeah, give like, me an idea what to write here. <laughs> anyway. Bigfoot, not good with words. Yeah. Bigfoot, needs help. Bigfoot hell. friend. <laughs> Bigfoot friend. Okay, uh, we need to wrap it up. Okay, um. It's like a Frankenstein monster trying to, <laughs> like uh, it was, uh, yeah, like Peter Boyle trying to tell. There you uh, go. Oh, sure. Peter Boyle, yeah. young Frankenstein. Yep, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Put under it. All right, we, we should stop. We're, anyway. we're going off the rails. Uh, Mike, this has been great. Um, this is a fascinating um, alleged occurrence. I have to throw in the alleged. You, know, you just have to yeah, do that. Well. But uh, we believe something went down, something out of the ordinary. Do we think it involved Sasquatch? Uh, quite frankly, yes, I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and how much was it elaborated? You know, is it totally accurate? To, you know, know? I don't think just by what I've looked at, I don't think a lot of it was, was elaborated at all, Mike. I think what we hear is what happened, you know? Yeah, I think if they wanted to elaborate or exaggerate a little bit, they... It would have been they crazier. Would've, they would have gotten a little, yeah, more crazy with it <laughs> they, they would have got to the point of seeing well-written notes left at their doorstep yeah oh mike this has been a blast um yeah great great episode. great episode thanks for making it work again everybody if you made it this far you enjoy the content um check out the patreon page it's a whole nother podcast world of paranomaly's own goodness over there and that's no joke it's it's growing by leaps and bounds we're having a blast it's a passion project and we'd love you guys to enjoy the fun 
Um, yeah. We have so much stuff planned, so much stuff planned for the future. The Velisca house is got to happen, Mike. It's going to happen. Hell, I wouldn't mind returning to the Sally house. I really would. Oh, it would well be worth the trip. And here, the other day, you're talking about, hmm, I don't know if we could ever do it, but, uh, oh, the Conjuring The house, Conjuring yeah. flipping <laughs> house. My God, they would that be awesome? Package deals there for that. And, Mike, there's locations in North Dakota that we need to hit up. Yes. Um, with the North Fargo, Fargo Paranormal. Fargo Paranormal, group. they've invited us to some Damn. great locations. It's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to have so much cool stuff added to the Patreon page. Um, you did get their name so you can do some contact with them and yes. maybe get. Absolutely. Because yeah, uh, they definitely want to be on the show they were talking. So, yeah. and which I think would be fantastic. Well, Mike, this has been a blast. Thanks again, buddy. Thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we encourage you to do some research on the Minerva Monster Incident. It's pretty yeah. damn fascinating. Mike, yep. until next time, my friend, what do our fellow zoners need to do? Mm, peace out. <laughs>